Hello, and welcome to the e-commerce source podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Tim McDougal. Tim, how are you today? Doing great. Got got energy back. Getting you gotta get a lot of energy when we're heading into Q4, right? So yes. Q4 is you gotta store up all your energy to be ready for that and um feel good about it. Um I might not feel so good when we get to middle November, but right now yeah. full of energy, ready to go. Yep. And yep. and for this topic today too. Um Yes. We've got a fun one on on, on deck. So, you know, uh my, one of my favorite things about, you know, any industry is, you know, I say favorite, but it's it's just an interesting thing that people do is they have they make these bold predictions. They say, here's what's gonna happen. You see it on sports shows all the time, is this person's gonna be a bust or this person's gonna be awesome. And the then Jets the, are gonna win the Super Bowl. And and then you never I like, don't believe that, but yeah. I but that that's the bold take. That's a popular bold take, right? But now, then right? but then so. watch the Jets will go whatever, two and fourteen or sixteen or whatever. And and then nobody's gonna come back and call out the guy who said the Jets were gonna win the Super Bowl. Which I, I the, the Jets as, are gonna be as here. a lifelong Bears fan who's been tortured by both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for decades now, if the yeah. Jets tanked, I, there would be no I, I'm not shedding there. a tear. Yeah. I'm probably not shedding a tear. I, yeah. I think the Jets, for the record, I believe the Jets are better than a two-win football team, but that's the type of thing. So welcome that, welcome to our over-under predictions on wins yes, for the NFL season yes. coming up. But more importantly is that people don't come back to their you know their bold predictions, their their prognostications to see what happens and come back and say, hey, this is this was where we were right or where we were wrong. And but that's what we're doing today. So so we made some bold predictions right at the end of last year. So Literally on December twenty second, as the as the ship in time for the holidays deadline passed, within half an hour we set up the mics and recorded our what are our bold takes for twenty twenty three, and that was our last podcast of twenty twenty two. We thought it's only fair after seeing all these bold takes for the NFL season and everything else, and everybody <laughs> everybody around here is getting ready for their fantasy drafts, and there's tons of bold takes there. We only thought it's fair that we go back on our bold takes and see how we did, and one of the qualifications here is that it had to be bold. So if it's something that was probably going to become true, it wasn't eligible for bold takes. If it's something that was impossible, it wasn't eligible for bold takes. The only things eligible for bold takes were things that were maybe a bit of a reach, but still possible. That's why they, this wasn't our like safety predictions for 2023. That's a whole different thing. These were our, um, Sometimes crazy, sometimes, but at least a little bit out there things that could happen for the year. So, and we have them in categories, right? So we'll just go through the, we'll go through the same order that we talked about them uh, at the end of last year. And that's, we talk about direct to consumer, a lot of Shopify in there. We talk about Amazon. We talk about Facebook. The word turd gets used (laughs) in the Facebook conversation. We talk a bit about TikTok and Twitter. Um, and then we talk about influencers and then we'll talk a little bit right at the end about what we missed or maybe that might come into the conversation earlier, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start. I'm going to start the first one because I'm going to play back one of your yep. um, predictions here. One of your bold predictions was that venture back direct to consumer brands were, are going to implode as the recession hits. Yep. So what's your take on, on your call from there? I don't I don't think it's completely accurate, but I do think that there is some truth to this. I think that a lot of D2C backed companies have really not had probably the sales that they they were expecting. So I don't know that that we're saying that they've fully imploded, but I, yeah, I think implosion might be a little bit uh, bold, if hyperbolic you will. there. Yes, yes. Um, but the idea that it's a harder time for big venture backed direct to consumer brands is certainly out there. I mean, you see that that's in all the press right now. That's kind of a common. 
Yep. Common thought, right or wrong, but that's the common perception is that big venture-backed direct-to-consumer companies are having problems. Um, and they haven't imploded yet. They're still around trying to figure out their problems, and maybe they implode by the end of the year. But um, So yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think we were off on that one. I, I don't think we were alone in that kind of bold prediction either. Um, and it's, it's certainly trending that way, but no, it hasn't been a giant implosion yet. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I've seen more and more of from the media buyers that I follow on different forums and things like that is that these big uh, direct-to-consumer venture-backed companies were spend, 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 acquire customer, acquire customer. And then I think, I'm trying to remember which ones kind of went belly up or, or realized that, hey, FYI, this is not a, a SaaS company where you can just acquire customers at a loss and then your margin on your product sales moving forward is just such that it can... can because of repeat you. sales, yeah. But, or so, subscription. Uh, so, but what I've seen more and more recently here in you know mid and, and uh, Q3 here of 2023 is the media buyers are talking about customer acquisition profitably and how do you, if nothing else, break even on on some of that customer acquisition rather than just spend whatever you need to to acquire right, the, the customer rather than huge losses on customer. I mean, it, and it's getting more to the model before this venture backed wave hit, and the venture backed wave of direct to consumer really hit during the pandemic when it became, yeah, you know, when, when Peloton and things like that became super hot, and I think we're getting back to it the model that was in place before then, which was, hey, the goal is to try and at least break even on your initial customer acquisition, then make your money on your repeats. You know, as a very over-wide general rule of thumb for direct-to-consumer e-commerce, it seems to be moving back to that mode of, hey, we can't just be spending like drunken sailors on that. Um, it can't be, I made jokes about it last time, being the underpants no model, which, yes. which was a South Park episode from a long time ago of, and and for those who don't know what the underpants no model is, it gets used a lot in when you're evaluating startups and their business model of uh, the underpants gnomes. Their model was uh, you spend money, you spend money, you spend money, and some mystery thing happens in between. And then on step three, there's profits. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that doesn't really work. Although there's been a lot of underpants gnomes startups that were heavily funded, including some of these ETC ones we're talking about here. So let's let's move. So again, that's a partially true at this point. At least the trend's heading that way, but it hasn't been a full implosion. Yep. Um, the other one, which is more interesting, because this one we had discussion around Shopify Marketplace. So from our team, there were two different predictions about this. One, and Andy, this was your Shopify launches Shopify Marketplace and becomes a legit Amazon competitor. Yes. Bold take. Uh, and again, these are things that we thought are possible. Maybe not over 50% likely, but possible. The other hot take, and this is from Parker on our team, was that Shopify Marketplace flops. And I think what's happened there is, uh, I don't know if it's it flopped or it's neither. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I think the big development here, and this was very recently, is that Amazon, or excuse me, Amazon, Shopify made a an app that allows you to connect your Shopify store to other sellers' products. So you can actually import products from other sellers so that you can sell on your store at wholesale prices. And so they're taking a step in the direction of sort of becoming a marketplace. Yeah. But, but, not, but not exactly. But their marketplace then was there was going to be a Shopify marketplace you went yes. to and you could buy everything from all the Shopify stores and they were going to have centralized distribution and fulfill 
with two-day delivery, just like Amazon. And they were building, they had acquired, they'd spent billions of dollars acquiring shipping logistics companies, um, shipping logistics software, just a ton. And then middle of this year, they sold all that. Yeah. So they dumped it all. So that All became, of the shipping and logistics. All the shipping and logistics yes. parts of it. And in their release for it, I mean, the cynical view is they dumped it because it wasn't legit. It wasn't feasible for them to become Amazon on that. The optimistic view of that is what their release said, which is that they dropped those so they could focus on their core platform and improving that and integrating AI. So in every press release for every major corporate move, AI gets word inserted there somewhere. And that's what they did. But to me, this was, you know, Shopify marketplace flops is from the way they were describing it. That's probably more accurate of what happened because the Shopify marketplace as described by Shopify at the beginning of the year, which is an Amazon kind of clone, never came about. And at this point never will. Although they're using Shopify Marketplace to, for some new features that they are adding into regular Shopify stores now. Yeah. So you're, I, I mean, we're, this is like a bold take that Amazon or Shopify Marketplace will never happen. That's, that's, it will never, in my take, it will never happen the way they described it at the start of this year. Yeah. Um, or at the end of last year when we were doing this. Yeah. Um, there will be a Shopify Marketplace that may become a pretty interesting part of the platform, but it's a feature of the, it's a feature of the platform and you can use it to add products to your site. Yeah. Or you can, there's even a Shopify marketplace platform, which you can subscribe to and just like Shopify retail store. Yeah. Um, but it's you build that marketplace. Shopify is not building it anymore. Um, so to me, it's, this is it, where it never launched to me. So yeah. it, and, it, and it, and it isn't going to launch in the form they talked about. Yeah. This is where I, I almost wonder if they're not going back to the drawing board a little bit on it, because I still see this opportunity if you're able to connect products from one store to another store you have the ability to connect products from any shopify store to mm -hmm. a shopify marketplace oh that somebody could do it yes somebody could you could sit there right now and just start contacting stores getting the information aggregating it yep. shopify is not going to be the one doing it yeah so the shopify marketplace the way they talked about it is gone it's buried yeah now could somebody enterprising take that and say i'm just gonna i'm gonna essentially try and recreate it Yes, except they wouldn't have the fulfillment piece yep. that Shopify also promised because they sold all those parts off. And you're relying on then because of the way that it works is that each that it works as a drop shipping mechanism. So if I have so if Tim and I both have stores and I go to Tim's store and say, hey, I want to sell Tim's products on my website. I accept the order through my domain. Tim receives the order and he ships it directly to the customer. Oh sure. So it's it's I believe it's, it's No that that would that that is going to work and be part of what they do. Yes. What I'm referring to is their initial vision of you Correct. shipping all your goods to Shopify's yes. fulfillment centers. Yes. They fulfill it for you. That's gone bye-bye. Right. Um but and, you're talking but yeah. if we say if somebody if somebody wanted to like aggregate it, if I decided, "Hey, I'm going to go aggregate every Shopify." You could. And then but then I'm reliant on 10,000 different Shopify stores. And then you want to build a center network out. Um yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it you know just trying to handle which transactions didn't go through or didn't get shipped, and you're it, it's a mess. Um, yep. That said, we have seen improvements in their platform, so you know they may end up being true. Too to early, wishes. too early. I, I'm I'm bullish on this, and I think I will stay bullish on it until I don't know when something smacks me in the face. But you're I, stubborn. This, You'll stay bullish until <laughs> yes. until everybody else forgets about it. Shh, don't um, tell anybody. I'm I'm stubborn. So it's, Amazon. So here was. I'm going to read this one because this was this was one of the other ones that was funny. So this is another Andy prediction on here um, that 
Actually, I'm going to go Sonny's prediction first. Okay. So we'll keep it light with Sonny's. So Sonny predicted that Amazon will buy the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, they did not, and I don't think that's going to happen this year. Why did we decide that this one was bold enough to be like realistic? I can't remember the... No, because Amazon was at the time in the market, they, and they still were. They, did a, they had just come off a big deal with the NFL for Thursday Night Football. They've been promoting the heck out of that. They've done deals since for other sports properties. And so part of them building up Amazon Prime Video has been doing some big sports contracts. Yeah. And the idea of, hey, you could just buy a team and put them on there. If you put, you know, to be honest, I don't think they're, they're not buying the Lakers. But if you did buy the Lakers, for example, and said, okay, with Amazon Prime, you get all Lakers games. One of the more popular teams across the country has probably has the most fans. Lakers and Yankees, and uh, yep. all of a sudden you've got two. All major of a sudden sports. you've got some programming people are going to sign up for. So that was that was Sonny's rationale on it. The funny thing is, Bezos, Jeff Bezos, did try and buy the Washington Commanders and then bowed out right before the bidding stage. So right before the final stage, but he went all the way through the process up until the final stage on it, um, and it was ruled that he couldn't. There were, there was some legal thing where he was not going to be allowed to buy it which is why he backed out hmm. um specific to the nfl legal rules so i didn't go through the court stuff on it but there were some legal opinions out there that he would not be allowed to complete the sale huh. um for whatever reason on it but you know the the big part of the, you know again not buying the lakers but amazon prime's gotten deeper into sports and it's part of their play um to make their video platform one of the ones that survives what is currently which has also been one of the big stories of this year is that there's been a winnowing or there is a predicted winnowing happening from all the streaming services. Yep. That there's too many in the arena right now and some are going to get killed off or merged. Yeah. And, you know, Amazon Prime Video is one of the ones that intends to survive. So sports is one of their ways of doing that. Um, I got another one here. Uh, or let's get, the, let's get the Andy one here that we were going to start with. So your prediction, remember this is a wild prediction, so it's things we don't believe are necessarily going to happen, but we're going to make a bold prediction. Your prediction was that Amazon will not fuck everyone over. I'm just using, I'm quoting, That's right? I'm not, quote. trying, I'm not trying to color this. Amazon will not fuck everyone over on Q4 inventory policy. Yeah. We don't know on this one yet. To right? be determined. To be determined. We thought this, at last year at this point, we went on and said, Hey, we're into we're almost into September and Amazon hasn't messed up their inventory policy. It looks good. And then lo and behold, the first week of October is when they pulled the rug out from everybody. So strictly to be determined. It looks good right now. They've made some good changes. I think the way that they now charge people who have too much inventory and charge penalties more aggressively has kept some of the hogs that were that were taking up too much space out of the fulfillment centers. And I think from what I what we can kind of see, it looks like the fulfillment centers are flowing more freely. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We've thought things were fixed before heading in. In fact, the last three years, we thought things were fixed before we headed into Q4. And then Amazon changed policies late September, yes. October, right? Yeah. And I mean, a note for the positive on this is that Prime Day was, in July 2023 was their best e-commerce sales day ever, yeah. best sales day ever, whatever. Um, and they were initially, as they were taking in orders, they were quoting longer than standard two-day delivery times. Just I think on the off case that you, they kind of got overwhelmed in their fulfillment centers yeah. for getting product out on time. And I think the general consensus, at least in the, amongst our team, is that even though they said maybe it would be three days before it got delivered instead of two, they still upheld their two-day delivery all through Prime, yeah. which. I mean, I know these things are not, that's not the same thing as having inventory capacity at their 
distribution centers, but it's it does give me just a fleck of confidence that this bold prediction might actually be true. That they will not. That they will not screw everybody over. Screw everybody over on inventory. Yeah, and I think I think the positives. What goes in their favor right now is the inventory policy they put in place at the start of this year. We talked a lot about about it in March and April when it went into effect. Uh, that really is punishing if you have too much inventory clogging up their system. Um, I think that's the positive. The negative is everybody thought they were going to not have a second Prime Day mm-hmm. after last year's, and last year's was kind of the the domino that set off the chain reaction that led to bad Q4 inventory um, or overloaded Q4 inventory. And we got through the Prime Day in the summer, and right at the end, they announced, oh, we're having a fall Prime Day again. And last year's fall Prime Day was kind of a dud a dud from a sales standpoint and a disaster from inventory management standpoint because it flooded the warehouses and they couldn't clear out goods in time to take Q4 inventory. So positive, better inventory policy for most of this year. Negative, fall prime day is still coming up and last year that's what screwed everything up. So yep. don't know. Can I also say, you said, you just mentioned on prime day they were saying they might take longer than two days and but you still got it. So my last Amazon purchase was a headset for home because my old headset broke after like six, seven years, right? Um, and I ordered it, and it was supposed to be delivered next day, which was great. Didn't show up. They changed that to two-day. So two-day, I, I got four different alerts on my phone saying, your product's been dropped off. Went to my front door, nothing. Four. Jeez. Four that night. That was on Tuesday. And then, then they changed it to, it's going to be delivered by Thursday. So now it went to four. So something, we get Amazon. This was just, rec- time. This this is, was just this recently? Is, this is last week, yeah. Huh. So that's one product. It's unfair to criticize them for one. Yeah, we get stuff know. at Amazon from Amazon all the time. It's always on time, except for that one, yeah. which I didn't have a headset at home, and I was really trying to get a headset because my other one just broke. Huh. But yeah, that was the first time I've had. I just well, not that that's important, but just because you mentioned. Yeah. Well, to be determined on this Amazon inventory management. So. Yep. Well, here's one we can say that did come true. Um, uh, this was mine, by the way. I remember this. So Amazon's going to sell off a bunch of their house brands. Um, and we've been dealing with how do you deal with Amazon house brands for a long time? Amazon's own brands, they tend to get much higher placement in organic and search results than you think anything would justify. It seems, you know, there's been complaints for a long time that they're cheating off of your customer data and that they're getting favorable placement. Also, right? uh, we have since witnessed with this, Prime, I believe with Prime Day, wasn't it that... Uh, Amazon's brands were sort of falsely using the the strike through price discounting. Oh yes, we saw this live. So so first of all, let's get to the what was cut. So they had they had thirty apparel brands. They killed off twenty seven of them. Twenty seven are dead by the end of the year. They're just selling off the remaining inventory, not making anything else. And they cited all the antitrust concerns they have and all the distrust from sellers that they've generated. So they're out of apparel, and they also killed off all of their furniture brands. So all the furniture brands are going away. And who knows if this happens in the rest. They've said Amazon Basics is here to stay, not going anywhere. That's mm-hmm. fine. It's stuff that's not, you know, Amazon Basics are the basics. That's totally fine. Um, but they did exit a bunch of brands here. Um, but what we did see, and we looked at a couple of products and in part of our recap of the Prime Days event this summer, um, we looked at, a bunch of Amazon products that got, and what was it? A, it was a foot, it was a, an ottoman, like yeah. an ottoman. So it was furniture storage, that we saw. Storage ottoman. Where it would say 30% off, but there were screenshots of the product the day before the sale at a price. And there were screenshots of the product during the Prime Day event where it said regular price, 
like 30% yes. higher, reduced by 30%, but it was the same price same, the day before Prime event and the day of, right? Same price to the customer, but the day of Prime event was listed as 30% off. So, so it's like you could have gotten it at the exact same price 24 hours ago, but today it's 30% off. Yeah, we just so, moved the top line price, which yeah. is something that they wouldn't let a seller ever do. Right. And that that kind of went viral. I don't know who found that, but that kind of went viral on, on social media. A bunch of those examples. And yeah, for Amazon... These house brands have been a huge source of distrust from sellers because of things like that. Um, and Amazon keeps on saying, no, everything's legit. But then there's examples like that that go around and uh, they're killing a lot of them off. We'll see what happens with their brands in other categories. But apparel and furniture were two of the categories they were most heavily invested in. So uh, the general consensus right now is they're going to exit everything except Amazon Basics and things like Eero which is a separate company that they own, mm -hmm. um, which isn't a Me Too product. It's a, you know, Eero was something they bought. It, they bought that company. Um, and it'll be much more limited, which I think we'd all like. Um, the last Amazon one, uh, and this was from Parker and from Rachel, uh, Amazon will integrate more social content and become a much bigger force in social content. I just... What's our take? Yeah, I think that up to this point in 2023, I have seen them attempt some things. I think we were all laughing about uh, promoting $25 per video for content creators. Yes. Well, this was them. Yeah. So to put context on that, they reached out to top content creators with a big offer of, hey, this is your big opportunity. We're going to pay up to $25 per video. And for a top content creator... It's laughable. That's... Yeah. They're like start at Something. 500 or start at 1,000 and go up from there. So they just kind of... And, and you gave it to content creators who have huge audiences who, of course, then reposted everything there. And yeah, Amazon was kind of the butt of jokes for a little bit on that. Yeah. So I think they have added more, but I don't think it's, maybe it's as meaningful as we, what, what maybe we had anticipated or the bold take would have, would have led us to, yeah. to believe. My take, and I, and I still have it now, which was the counter on that, was that I think they'll have, they could do more of it. I don't know if they'll get enough eyeballs on it for it to matter. Um, and I still have that concern. I see they, they have placed video content much more prominently on their listings. And especially if you're on the mobile app, it's, there's a lot more of it there now. Whether it's enough, whether it gets a lot of eyeballs, there's a lot of there. I don't know how much views it gets. Mm -hmm. um, and I still don't think it gets a ton. I don't think Amazon is giving up on this one, though. I think they're going to keep coming and coming and coming on this one until it gets enough eyeballs to be a factor. Hmm. Um, so I don't think they've gotten there yet. I don't think they get enough eyeballs on the, on the, on the social content, on the UGC content yet. Um, I don't see them going away, though. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was the skeptic, and I'm still the skeptic of, is it working yet? I also think they're pretty relentless on this. And I think they're going to recover from egg on their face over the $25 video thing and come back on that one. Yeah. Yep. Either that or everybody involved already fired and moved on. <laughs> we'll I, see. I, I think it's, it's, <laughs> that could yeah. be the case too. With Amazon. Yeah. 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 Right on. So should we move over to Facebook? Yes. Now we get to talk about. We get to talk about. This. This is. Turds. I, I. I don't remember whose this was, but it's. The, this was you, Andy. This was that Meta will become the shiniest turd. Yep. Uh, it won't start working better, but it just will be the better social media platform for acquiring traffic, driving sales. And I think I think this one is is pretty true. It's pretty true. Yeah. I mean, TikTok has. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, 
Twitter also talk about that in a second, but neither one of those those platforms uh, have done much as, as social. But Twitter content. was never relevant in the first place. It was always less than it was about one percent of ecom ad spend, anyways. So. Yeah, but it, you know, I, I still I see am or excuse me, Facebook being continued to be a place that media buyers are spending their dollars and seeing returns. So I don't I don't know that I love it. I mean, you talk to Facebook buyers and there's so many things about the meta platform and advertising that are still wonky and 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 not all that great, but again, I, shiniest turd to me is the uh is, is the I think it app. still fits. If yeah. you if you talk to uh, people in the media industry, what they'll, the general tone, and th- this is me generalizing, so this is not an official media industry statement, but the general tone tends to be, okay, they've, they've fixed a few things. They've made a few things a little better. They, 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 if you compare now to December when we recorded our bold takes, December was meta is just in a tailspin. Mm-hmm. They're all focused on their artificial reality stuff. They're not focused on the ad platform. The ad platform continues to have more and more problems. Performance keeps declining and nobody at Facebook wants to pay attention to it. And they've fixed that perception at least. Um, and the general thought is now they're back. Now they're focused on what their core business is again. Um, and it's kind of the, uh, the, the metaverse. That was just a dream. That never really happened. <laughs> yes. It used to be in December. It was everybody who was anybody at Facebook would tell you they were working on the metaverse because that was where all the action was happening. And that was where all of the attention was. And nobody wants to say that's what they work on it's anymore. Not on their LinkedIn profiles today. They're all working on the core advertising uh, yep. component to there. And I think they've shored some things up. That said, you know, compared to compared to when we started this in 2016, we started this uh, 50 Pumbos in our agency, Facebook was a monster then. I mean, you could target so tightly then that... Even I, who was completely inexperienced in creating ad campaigns at the time, even I could get winning ad campaigns out of that with no experience. Now it's a much harder game, um, and they've and they've lost a lot of their tracking ability. They've lost a lot of their targeting ability, and I still think we're kind of coming. And when we're running some big campaigns in there, we'd like to spend more on Facebook. Um, we're just not seeing the results we'd like to see all the time, and you know, I, I think it's becoming. The worst side of it is it becomes the bad case is it becomes just another display network, mm-hmm. um, which I still think it's trending towards that. I don't think that's inevitable, but that feels kind of where it's going. Yeah. And it has much more expensive clicks than display advertising has. Um, ideally, it's more relevant, but I think the relevance is somewhat out. So we should talk quickly about Facebook Advantage Plus, though, because that's been their savior. And that's been for high spend advertisers. Some of them will tell you that that's turned around performance and they're getting now better performance again. But Facebook was kind of founded on a lot of small advertisers being, you know, it was self-serve advertising. Um, We're not hearing about a big rebound in that particular area. We are hearing that advantage plus is giving some of the bigger advertisers an edge and that's their AI, really their machine learning driven platform that now they just relabeled and called AI. I mean, that was, that was the joke I heard from Meta was everybody was just doing the... Add AI to um, it. Yeah, we've been working on AI all along. What do you mean it's the hot thing? And, the, you know, they didn't talk about Advantage Plus in terms of AI when they first started doing it. They talked about advanced machine learning and everything else. But better algorithm works at volume. You have to give it enough uh, assets and you have to give it enough dollars, but at volume works. And it's their Google Performance Max competitor, right? Um, so interesting there. We also had a prediction that... Meta will start to deregulate its own advertising policies in order to get more advertisers. I don't. I haven't seen evidence of that. I, yeah. I kind of thought that was that was from Sunny. I did, I kind of thought that would happen, but it really hasn't, to my knowledge. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I would be interested to see how this kind of develops and just the number of bannings and the number of disapprovals and things like that that happen have happened. I just, I would, I yeah. would say. And then there was, there was one of my favorites. This also from Sonny. Yeah. That Pornhub would become the killer app <laughs> for the metaverse. Um, for the Oculus in particular. And that that never really happened as far as I know. Yeah. But maybe I don't dwell in the right corners of the interwebs uh, yeah. to know enough about this that. This hasn't caught my attention either. No. Uh, I also, but yeah, but I there were actual Oculus, talks so. about uh, using Meta using its advertising engine to drive ads within Pornhub, for example. So that was that was an actual, that kind of was in the media, in the press. So there were, it, it's not, so far fetched to just kind of throw those things together. There were actual talks between the two. I think Meta probably did the wise thing and realized that's probably not not the brand association. Probably not the, the brand thing. association they want, right? Yeah. Um so yeah. <laughs> no judgment to anybody out there, but yeah, not I think that kind bold. of that bold prediction yes. is not coming through. And the metaverse is more of a what metaverse, you know, we were never doing the metaverse. That's kind of the attitude that you get right now. Although they changed their customer or their uh, whole business's name to Meta, so yeah, mm. we're going all in on the metaverse until it doesn't work, and then we're going back to what we used to do. Which you know, I think a, a, a recurring theme for me on some of these is like, uh, these were definitely bold, not only in kind of what we were thinking, but in in terms of the timelines of it all. Because okay, That's why they're bold? Yep, uh, maybe you know, maybe in five years, the the actual Meta again, the Facebook parent company metaverse will actually be a thing but as it stands right now it's that's not a thing yeah yeah it was a it was a lonely sad place unfortunately and maybe that changes or maybe my prediction was this is just like second life that was what i thought and that's kind of what it feels like right now yeah um going what going in the way back machine to second life when everybody thought that was the future of the internet Uh, but they're they're bold predictions for a reason if a third of these feel like they have some truth in them at the end of the day that's pretty good for bold predictions in my yeah, mind. Yeah. Um, so it's just good to kind of go back and think what was in our minds back in this and what was being talked about. So TikTok, we had to, so Andy, yours here. So we had, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this again because there were competing predictions here. So you had TikTok will assert itself as the dominant force in direct to consumer advertising in 2023. Yes. And then Parker had TikTok. It, it dies. dies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just know that my, I had two predictions. One of them that is that Meta will become the shiniest turd and the best advertising platform. And also TikTok will assert itself and it will be uh, the best advertising platform for D2C. So I kind of, you know, maybe hedging my bets uh, on this. Yeah, you have bit. two, you have two shiniest turds here. Yeah. Um, but it didn't die. It certainly didn't die. It, I think there's a little bit of bloom off the rose too. It's still growing, right? So it's still very, it, this is not like, hey, TikTok's having problems other than they haven't really solved the issues with they they don't get a lot of attributed actions off of it a lot of times so it's good for reach you can get a lot but it's really in app reach a lot of times there's not a lot if you're trying to drive ads that drive action outside Mm -hmm. um it's not the greatest tool for that so that's kind of taking some of the some of the uh burnish off the advertising potential there uh it's really good where i see it being used the most is companies trying to get awareness um or companies that are relying on influencer type strategies like does very well with that, but that's more of an awareness kind of thing too. And then, you know, you're not getting the direct attributable clicks, but you are hoping that you get the brand awareness. Then later on, people come and buy your product. Yep. 
And, and I'll say with ours, with our own um, grown-ass man company brand, which we do use for a lot of tests, we ran some TikTok tests recently, right? And I don't think they were the greatest tests, but they were just something to get out there and try it. And what we did see was we saw no conversions. We saw, you know, we spent some money over a couple of weeks. Uh, we got some clicks. We got zero conversions off the clicks. And it wasn't a ton of money, right? But what we did see was traffic went up to the site and we had two of our better sales weeks in a row but none attributed back to TikTok. So we know we spent on TikTok, traffic went up because of TikTok, sales went up, but there's no connect there's no way to connect yeah. the dots that say it was the TikTok traffic that made more sales other than traffic went up and sales went up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and not not they didn't like shoot up through the roof, didn't hockey stick, but we had two pretty solid weeks with higher traffic than normal. So I think that's part of TikTok is it's trying to justify, you know, in this world where every marketing manager is trying to justify every dollar spent. Yes. The TikTok part justifying that takes more faith mm-hmm. right now because um, you can't draw a direct line. Yeah. I mean, when Facebook is reporting a whatever ROAS, we always kind of know that we take that with a grain of salt, but TikTok is not even reporting the ROAS. So you can't even take with a grain of salt. You just got to, yeah. you know, kind of make some type of leap there. And there so. are some that do. I, as, I know as soon as we put this out, somebody's going to say, I run ads on TikTok and I get a great re- return on ad investment on it. And I'm sure. I'm sure. There are some, there are some with that, but it's, it's a, and I think some are benefiting, but don't have the direct attributable relationship to tell on it. But the other thing, so we had TikTok content will take over advertising. Um, This one, I think, I don't remember who said this, but I think this one actually is partially true. And I'll base this on the Meta Performance Marketing Summit, which was back in May or June, uh, where Meta invited a bunch of agencies in. And in the one-on-one sessions, in the small sessions, Meta's reps were very big, and this was reported by others, I wasn't there, but it was reported by a lot of others, were very big on saying, hey, if you want better placement and better audience and you know higher intent audience, do short form video. We are giving that preference from an ad, from an ad format right now, and specifically because we need to compete with TikTok more. Um, and they were very blunt about it, in fact, on, the, on uh, Perpetual Traffic, the Tier 11 podcast, right? They talked about it directly. That's what they were being told to do more short form video. But I think the whole idea that ads, that's what's kind of taking over ads. I think there's some truth to that of TikTok like ads and what that's, what that's cost. In fact, a lot of our partners that we work with, we've been, we've been screaming for more video content for a long time, but right now it's guys, we need short form video content. That's, it's just getting better results than anything else. And I think there's a lot of truth to TikTok content or TikTok like content. Yes. We'll, take over average. At least it became more impactful. And that's, to be honest, if you look at what Amazon's looking for, they're looking for short form video as well. Yep. Um, YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, Instagram reels, yeah. you know, all that stuff is definitely a short form uh, content. So. so we also have TikTok will crash and burn because of the impact on children and Chinese spine. That hasn't happened. We had that it might be the next clubhouse, which was everybody thought they were cool for being on clubhouse and then it died. So that didn't happen either. That was pretty funny, though. I like laughing at Clubhouse anyways. I never got invited Tim, to Clubhouse, and I'm bitter about Clubhouse. it. So I'm very bitter. bitter about it, so I'm, I'm happy that Clubhouse flamed out, and it turned to be <laughs> not did, a big deal not to get invited. You have to download that new app the all the kids were listening to. <laughs> I had to get an invite. I never got an invite. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, we, but with TikTok, we have is attribution still an issue, and people are trying to figure out the story of can they justify it or not? Sometimes it seems like it's working, but you, it's not as clean a line as you can draw with like a Google SEM ad, right? Oh, big time. Um, so uh, Twitter, we ought to touch on Twitter very briefly. 
We predicted that it'd be a dumpster fire. We were right. <laughs> didn't, uh, Shockingly, we were right on that one. I think have, I just blew out the mic. But, didn't have a prediction that it was going to uh, change, go through a name change. and uh, We didn't predict the name change. Lose 30% uh, of its revenue. But Yeah, we didn't predict it'd be as much of a dumpster fire as it is even, I think. We didn't because And looking at it, you can't see this for anybody listening, but we have the chart of Twitter's quarterly revenue um, from its hist chart to current. And you know, the last two quarters are less than half of what all the prior quarters have been for a long time. Got to go back to 2016 before yes. you're seeing this, that type of revenue numbers. I, I think it's back to 2015 before you it, see those kind of revenue numbers. Yeah. Is it prof? Are they profitable now? Is tr- no, it, he has said they are not profitable. He is. So yet they, they've cut. Now they're private companies. So they don't release any, but he has said in quotes that they are not profitable. Still not profitable. They cut 90% of their staff and they're still not making money yeah. on $600 <laughs> well, million dollars or when you pi- also piss Because you can cut staff and not piss off all your advertisers. Yeah. It's kind of that double whammy of, you know, you can cut costs, but if you do things to cut your revenue that you don't need, it's, you know, unforced errors. Yeah. Of, of, you know, cause Coke, Coca-Cola, for example, started advertising again after initially pulling out and then immediately their ads were next to Nazi or neo-Nazi propagandist content. And it was like, nope, we're out again. And so you're seeing that just the taking away all those people, there's no content moderation and that's a problem on something. That's a problem for advertisers, right? Yeah. Uh, we predicted, uh, I predicted that they would, they could cease to exist or declare bankruptcy. That hasn't happened yet. I think both are still possibilities, but they're not going to happen tomorrow. Um, we did predict that there would be a new CEO and we would like them even less than the current one. Um, they do have a new CEO, so that part's right. Uh, it's not a very likable person, basically because she just agrees with everything that Elon says and says everything that Elon says she declares is brilliant, including the name change. So I don't think she's less likable than, than Elon, but she comes across as kind of just a puppet of his, yeah. to be honest. I think there were high expectations that he was a real adult in the room. And and I think what's become clear is if yeah. you're the CEO there, part of your job is just uh, praising everything in public that, he, that Elon does. Yeah, I mean, it's a t- tough position to be in when you're the former CEO and owner of the company is uh, so outspoken. And like, well, what yes. do you do? You're not going to expect the CEO oh, to yeah. come in and say, you know, this guy's a moron. We need to do something. Different. Oh, that was there's, my prediction was there. I didn't think, I think that's a, I think it's a no win situation to come in as Theo oh, that. Yeah. And the list of people that it's rumored that turned it down is pretty impressive. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a highly sought after position uh, at certain levels, but the, the other thing that you mentioned on this, which is worth saying that for all the fun that we like to make, we like to make fun of X, Twitter, et cetera. But there is a big community for us in like e-commerce. There is a big e-commerce community of trading tips and news and here's things to look at that is pretty vital there. And if it went away tomorrow, that'd be a loss. And I think there's a lot of communities that have existed primarily on Twitter because it's really good for that, that would lose something yep. uh, if it goes away. That said, a lot of those communities are already saying the community is dying away because people are canceling their accounts and stuff like that. And their their daily average use is down what was down 32.9% in the three months leading up to April, 2023, it's down 19% year over year. You know, it's not a, it's not a great story um, for that. There are still the Elon fanboys that say, just wait, the end of this year, it's going to rebound. But I don't, I don't see any evidence for that, unfortunately. Um, One last one here we had is influencers. Um, And Andy, your prediction was that it becomes a big channel. Um, 
mine was that I think it's already a big channel, but does it replace social as a, in terms of importance? Does it, does it move up over social ads, you know, not influencer ads in terms of importance on there? Um, I don't think that what I said as a bold prediction came through yet, but I, it certainly seems like the market's moving that way because Amazon and Shopify are acting like they believe this is happening. Amazon had it had its ill-fated and, and funny $25 video reach out, but they're going to come back. And Shopify started a whole service now that says you can go through them and say they will find creators for you and they'll match you up with creators. So um, I think it's only getting yet bigger or it may, you know, there's, we're in the kind of the second wave of influencer media right yeah, now. Right. And, and if I'm remembering correctly earlier this year, we had a, a law pass that basically says, and this must've been a couple, maybe a couple months ago, maybe a yes, July was. update was that uh, influencers, if you have a, a meaningful relationship with the advertiser, you have to disclose the that you're getting paid. Uh, nature of the agreement and it, and not just, just saying, you know, sponsored posts or something like that in the post was, in the content of the post was enough. If you're doing a video, you have to call it out, things like that. So I think it's definitely, like we're talking about in the wave of influencers, content creators, I do think maybe the influencer themselves is maybe decreasing a little bit. I don't know. It's it's a, to me, it's a- the jury's still out, I think, on this. It's still yeah. super active, but they are yes. putting more regulations in place around it. Um and and if you do a negative review and you're getting paid by somebody else, you have to just you have to t- expose that too. Yeah, which um, that's going to be interesting there as well. So don't know the one we missed while we close this out, right? Um, the one we missed was in our bold predictions. Outside of we didn't mention AI at all. Yeah, um, which we knew at that time, like AI was being inserted already into you know ChatGPT had just come out a little bit before we did that podcast. Um, yeah, November, but we weren't at the stage where everybody was inserting AI into every press release quite yet. Yeah, I, November thirtieth was the official launch date or initial release date of of ChatGPT, and we recorded on December twenty second. Yeah, it's about three weeks later. And it was out there. Yeah, but I uh, and maybe we could we we should have predicted it was was the the buzz wasn't still full on yet for ChatGPT. Yep, um, it was starting, but we weren't at the stage. Where I think we could have predicted ChatGPT. Well, we were talking about ChatGPT and API and, and AI being a bigger factor in ecom. But what we missed was that every major digital platform was going to start adding AI into every press release about every and calling everything it does AI, um, from true AI stuff to just a better algorithm to a fancy spreadsheet. Um, we even saw like call you know decision trees on an old school chatbot being called AI and that's not at all AI. It's like you, know, you can diagram that thing out on your, on your whiteboard in, in two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's one of those things where maybe it's a little bit of a miss. Also, I don't think it's, it's funny how like in our industry, chat GPT and, and generative AI is such a huge topic, but, and then you go outside of like e-com and outside of maybe even digital advertising and how little the consumer knows about chat GPT and, and, uh, generative, generative AI is really, I don't well, know. Outside what I see a lot, um, in consumers is a lot of, you're able to make really funny images or really crazy images yeah. using AI and either mid journey or something else. Right. Um, so there's a lot of that. You see a lot of, uh, discussion boards of people creating images around things or, 
the current discussion, which is all the bad writing that's out there that yeah. is ChatGPT generated. So all the very, you know, correct but super bland, general, didn't teach me anything new kind of writing that's flooding the internet uh, and different platforms because people are just ma- making poor use of AI there. Yeah. So I, I see a lot of frustration over, I see a lot of frustration over bad, below average copy that doesn't get anywhere. It takes forever to go nowhere. And I see a lot of fun entertainment around images, but that's, you know, in the, when I talk with family who's not in this business, that's their two AI things of yeah. what they focus on, right? Yeah. And I just had to look. Uh, our episode on chat GPT and AI content is is from December 13th, 2022. So we were okay. within two weeks of... So we, so already we did had that a- <laughs> before we did our bold predictions and then we still we didn't just, predict anything about AI. Yeah. We which are is, geniuses. Which is kinda cra- we're crazy geniuses, Andy. Because we, at that time, had realized, I remember talking about, you know, generating uh, blog content and and uh, Amazon listing content and all sorts of different ways to do this. And that was back when the image generation isn't nearly what it is now. No, it was, it was very rudimentary and, then compared uh, to now. Yeah. It, well, it was, it was high-end if you had the right access to the right software, but not a lot of people had access to the right software then. Um, but we, that said, it has, we have been, I mean, I think it's had a huge impact in workflows. And now I think we're evolving into the conversation around okay, what's a smart use of AI and where are you using it just to churn out a ton of crap? Um, and I think there's, I think the, as this evolves, hopefully all of us as marketers and e-commerce folks figure that out. Like here's the smart uses for AI. It's certainly going to impact the business. Here's where it saves time. Here's where it increases workflow. And here's where you're just churning out a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. Yep. And and I think we're going to, I think we still have a little bit longer in the hype before we kind of get to real mature discussions around that. But I think we're headed that way. Yep. Yep. Well, lots of good stuff. It's always, it, to me, this is fun. It's going back and, and, and seeing how the industry trends have evolved, how our bold predictions have shaken out here. You know, we're, yeah, we hit on some, we missed on some. It is what it is. I'm not going to claim to be clairvoyant and know the future on any of this I stuff, think I, I do a lot better looking back at our predictions here than I go back and looking at my fantasy football predictions <laughs> of who would, who would do well. Because I, I, I've stunk up the joint in that. But um, I think I'm more accurate here than and, I am. Uh, I'd hope so. I hope I'd so, hope Tim. So. You're not a professional fantasy footballer as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> you are a professional marketer. Yes. So uh, that's probably, our, and our, and our clients are rejoicing that. So uh, anyway, lots of good stuff. Tim, I always appreciate it, all your perspective on this stuff. Uh, thank you to you, the listener. We really appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you hit that like, follow, subscribe button. Check us out uh, on your favorite podcasting platform. And uh, we will catch you again next time.